previously on Winglings, me, M, and Magborn arrived at the Rose Kingdom. It was incredible. Every fairy there looks like posh fairy royalty. We got a taste of the regal rose life with a stay in Magborn's castle as we met with other fairy royalty to discuss how to best handle the Dark Army. We decided to split up and try to retrieve the Shadow Stones before Tim could get to them and secure ultimate power. Toward the end of our meeting, I noticed something strange about the Dandelion Queen. I put her on the spot by revealing to the group that her chief captain had already turned into a Dark Fairy. The Queen retaliated and revealed herself to be a Dark Fairy. Boy, did she look awful. Before she could spit her curse at me, everyone at the table captured her with spells of their own. It was a close call. The next day... Me, Em, and the Pixie Knots set out for the Daisy Kingdom. And now for Episode 8, Daisies in Despair. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents... Winglings and the Fairy Kings. I stood at the helm of the Jolly Leafer, slowly turning the wheel. Magborn had enchanted the boat to sail directly for the Daisy Kingdom, but that didn't stop me from playing around with it. Every so often, I liked to fly up to the wheel and give it a little turn to the left and a little turn to the right. Then I'd let my hands off the wheel and it'd steer itself back on course. As it spun back for my turn, the giant leaf sail caught the wind and filled with a flop. I could feel the ship move faster. Gazing out over the ocean swells, I thought about what Magborn had told me, about how I needed to look outward and not focus on myself so much. I thought about what he said about his mother, how she was strong but humble enough to always be seeking improvement. Had I been humble enough to seek improvement? Or had I become content and perhaps a little cocky with my skills? Magborn seemed to think Emerald was both powerful and teachable. I looked back at her. She and Winnie were sitting on a couple of barrels on deck, talking and laughing. They'd been doing that most of the voyage. Em had already asked Winnie a million questions. She was naturally curious and caring. Her charm was obviously working. She and Winnie looked like best friends. They'd hardly known each other a day. Maybe this is what Magborn was referring to when he spoke of forging relationships. Maybe this was what it means to create alliances. You showed interest in your fellow fairy. You showed them respect and a genuine concern for their well-being. Maybe as Daffodil King, I should be the one over there forming a friendship. Then again, that was Emerald's strength, not mine. Em flew over to me. Will, you've got to see this. She waited for Winnie to run over. 
Show Will your trick. Winnie blushed. No, it's nothing. I like tricks, I said. Go on then, show me. I folded my arms and smiled. Winnie couldn't look me in the face. She just shook her head. How fine. Do you have something I can... uh, shoot? Em zipped off and returned holding a big picnic basket. How's this? That'll work. Em's wings fluttered excitedly. You're going to love this, she said to me. Okay, one, two, three... She threw the basket high into the air. Winnie pointed a black-gloved hand at it. A line of red jewels stretched from the wrist to the three middle fingers. Winnie flicked her three middle fingers out, one at a time, aiming them at the basket. As she did, the red jewels glowed and... Three rays of light shot out of her three middle fingers and blasted the basket to pieces. I slowly looked down at Winnie in awe. Dust and wood shavings floated down onto my hair. Where in all a fairydom did you learn to do that? Winnie laughed. It's a pixie channeler. Theo made it for me. It helps me focus pixie into beams of energy. That's remarkable. Winnie blushed again. You think that's something... Em stepped forward. You should hear her burp sing. Burp sing? I looked at Winnie and laughed. I don't know what she's talking about. Winnie looked like she wanted to jump overboard. Oh, come on, Em said. You just did it for me a minute ago. Do that one song again. Em tried burping the song herself, but failed miserably. I held my hand up to cut her off. I'll take your word for it. Winnie shot me a smile. I think your Zaxlins are far more interesting than this silly glove. I can't believe they're actually alive. Em glanced down at his sheathed sister blades. It is nice to have their help in a fight, she said. But be grateful your glove doesn't argue with you in your head. Sometimes it's hard to think straight when you're using them. I nodded in agreement. So where have you been for the last few years? Winnie asked pointedly, finally making eye contact. Well, that was unexpected, I thought. I stuttered for a moment, slightly taken off guard. I I was... A million excuses came to mind. Instead of picking one, I pushed them all away. I wasn't doing my duty, I admitted. But I'm here now to make things right. And he was nice enough to let me come along, Em said, hugging my arm. (laughs) I snorted, like you gave me any choice. That's true. Since we're on the topic of personal questions, I said, looking back at Winnie, why haven't you simply stomped the Dark Army out when you're full size? A human foot can do a tremendous amount of damage to a group of fairies, can it not? Em scrunched her face. That is a valid question. Winnie leaned against the railing. Even small things can hurt humans. I remember one summer me and Lou discovered a wasp nest in the grove behind our house. It was stuck on a fallen tree branch, and it looked like a big gray ball we could play with. So Lou and I started kicking it around. Of course, there were still wasps in it. 
At first it was just one. It stung Lou and I stomped on it. But then another one flew out. And another and another. Till pretty soon a cloud of wasps came pouring out. They all went after Lou. Winnie scratched at the wood railing for a moment. I could tell this wasn't her favorite memory. We had to take her to the hospital, Winnie continued. She almost died. Now imagine if those wasps were dark minions. Imagine there were not dozens, but hundreds or even thousands of them. And they have a queen that has powerful pixie powers. Not much a big fat human foot can do against that. I stared at her, wide-eyed. I'd say... Where is it? came Lou's voice behind us. The little blonde girl stomped up onto the deck with fists on her hips. Okay, who took it? Who took what? Winnie asked. My goodie basket. I made it for the daisy fairies. Me, Em, and Winnie exchanged a look. I, uh, don't know what you're talking about, I said sheepishly. Emerald winced as the little girl stomped over to us and squinted at the shards of wood in my hair. Oh yeah? Then what's this, bub? Lou grabbed the remains of the basket handle out of my hair and jabbed me with it. Would you do a handstand on it? Ow, no! Lou turned to Em. Is your sister lying to me? Em covered her mouth and tried to hide her laugh. Sister? I said. Excuse me, I am a fairy king. Lou looked me up and down. Your hair is long and wavy like a girl's. It's prettier than her hair. She poked Em with the basket handle. Em stopped laughing. Ow! Hey! For the first time since I'd grown my hair out, the thought of cutting it actually crossed my mind. My hair wasn't pretty. It was flowy, maybe, but not pretty. Once we'd all been jabbed several times by the basket handle, we broke the news to Lou and endured her tongue lashings all the way to the shores of the Daisy Kingdom. The Daisy Kingdom was every bit as beautiful as I imagined it would be. Smooth stump steps led the way up the pebble beach to a clearing in the enchanted forest. Giant berry bushes surrounded the clearing instead of trees, the ground itself was either soft green moss or crystal clear pools. Natural springs bubbled up between mossy stones and filled the pristine pools, which smelled of sweet blossoms. A giant live oak tree stood in the middle of the clearing. Its ancient, gnarled branches spanned beyond the clearing itself. The Founder's Oak. I remembered the marker on Magborn's living map. It was said to be one of the oldest trees in the realm. It was clear from the colorful pixie lanterns draped from the tree branches that the daisies had been preparing for the Festival of Light. Even the spring pools were decorated with colorful floating lanterns made of painted leaves and twigs. We looked around confused. The kingdom looked abandoned. Em asked the question we were all thinking. Where are all the daisy fairies? Certainly there were plenty of daisies, but no fairies. Why daisies grew in thick blooms all around the outer edges of the kingdom and decorated the little round moss homes that were nestled into the bushes. The place was too quiet. Do you think the dark's already been here? 
Winnie whispered. I bent down and pulled up some moss. It was fresh and green. No, I said. Everything's too alive for them to have come through. Trust me, had they been here, you'd know it. Thank the light we got here in time. I flew over the pools and around the pretty little village. There was no palace or abnormally large round moss huts. I'd heard how the Daisy Queen lived in a normal home among the rest of her clan. She and her people preferred a simple, quiet life, away from the troubles that plagued the rest of the realm. Maybe they're hiding, I wondered aloud. Daisies are a bit skittish. Lou stuck her head into a hollow log. Hello, anybody in there? She gave the log a few good thumps with the basket handle and then turned her ear to listen. Gah! We all jumped. Em and I drew our zaxlins. What is it? Winnie cried, redding her glove. Lou rubbed her ear. A stupid little bug flew into my ear. Gah! We let out a collective sigh of relief. Lou! Winnie scolded. Take it down a little. Lou went cross-eyed and mimicked the words with a scrunched-up face. Winnie rolled her eyes. You're impossible. Guys, look! Em pointed at a bloom of daisy flowers in the moss. One of the flowers was moving. We flew over to get a better look. I bent down and picked up the flower. To my surprise, a cute little chubby face looked out from under the flower petals. Whoa! Hey there, little guy! The tiny fairyling was pink, adorable, and wore a little moss outfit. Its wings were white and caked in yellow pollen, and a perfect white daisy flower grew out of the top of its head like a hat. The little daisy fairy didn't look happy to be seen. It choked back tears. Uh, oh no, oh, oh, don't do that, I said, quickly setting him down. <laughs> Sniffling, the fairyling waddled back into the huddle next to the other daisy flowers, which, upon closer observation, were actually a group of daisy fairies bunched together. Some of them trembled with fright. Me, Em, and Winnie smiled at each other when we realized it. I looked around again at all of the daisy flowers. Many of them were jittering nervously. There had to be hundreds of them. It was an incredible disguise. I thought about Magborn's advice and took a second to think about how M would handle a situation like this. Hello, Daisy Clan, I announced in the friendliest voice I could summon. M looked at me surprised. My name is Willem Wingling of the Daffodil Clan, I said. This is my sister Emerald, and these are my friends, Winnie and Lou, the Pixie Knots. We've come to help. Please don't be afraid. There were a couple of sneezes from one of the blooms and some whispering, but no one spoke up. I tried to muster a little more charm. Oh, come on now. Don't give me the cold wing. Maybe a song will cheer you up. I pulled out my flute. This one's called, Have You Seen My Wings? <clears throat> Just as the flute reached my lips, Em pushed it down. Spare us, she said. I think this moment calls for getting straight to the point. Be clear. Be bold. I nodded and put away the flute. Thanks. Em gave me a wink. 
The dark is upon us and they are coming for your shadow stone, I announced. We are here to take it away before they can get to it. Can you show us where it is? Again, no response. Just silent blooms of daisy flowers. Can we speak to your queen? I said. Silence. I turned to Em and Winnie and shrugged. I tried. Looks like we're on our own. Spread out and look for any sign of the dark. Even if it's a dead leaf, turn it over. The sun will set soon and trying to find signs of the dark in the dark. Well, you get the point. We spread out and started searching the kingdom. Lou wasn't particularly helpful. Instead of searching with us, she spent her time walking from bloom to bloom, showing the daisies the basket handle and saying things like, I had a basket full of your favorite treats, but those dum-dums blew it to pieces. And see those nincompoops over there? Yeah, they blew up your goodie basket. This is all that's left of it. Pretty low, huh? I checked the hollow logs while M peered into the clear pools and Winnie circled the founder's oak. I was impressed with how well Winnie got around without wings. She climbed boulders and scrambled over enormous roots with ease. Lou plopped down next to a bloom of daisies to enjoy a snack. She kept breaking off pieces of her crackers and tossing them into the huddled fairies. Sorry, you guys. It's all I've got. Blame those basket murderers. She pointed at us with the basket handle. Nearly an hour passed before Winnie shouted, Over here! I found something! Em and I flew over. This could be something. Winnie kicked a white dead root bulging out of the ground. Yes, it could, I said, squatting down for a better look. I thought for a second, and then drew Gabriel and thrust his blade into the root. I heard his voice in my mind say, It is tainted. Follow it. I sheathed him and looked at the others. This is it. We traced the white root as it wound in and out of the mossy ground, arched over a couple of pools, and then thickened where it connected to the trunk of the founder's oak. Right where the dead root met the tree, there was a dark pool. It was another natural spring, but this one was dark and stunk worse than the fragrant falls. I pulled my hair back and tied it. Cute ponytail, Lou called from somewhere. Em suppressed a laugh. I glanced at Winnie. She's always like this, she said, answering my question before I could ask it. I stepped up to the dark pool. Em grabbed me. Wait, you're not going in there, are you? You have a better idea? I, I, I don't know. Isn't there a spell we can use? Oh, right. Of course. Silly me. I stepped back held out my hands and shouted, Shadowstone, jump out into my hands, hurrah! Em folded her arms and glared at me. I smiled. Line up, Em. This is the fun stuff. I could see Winnie's impressed face out of the corner of my eye. After a few deep breaths, I dove into the pool. Splash! The water wasn't all that bad at first. It was warm and I could still see surprisingly well, considering what little sunlight seemed to penetrate its depths. It was deep, very deep, 
The rocky tunnel covered in moss seemed to go on forever. The moss was less green now. The deeper I swam, the paler it became. My wings helped propel my strokes, pushing me deeper and deeper. With every stroke of my arms and legs, I gave one hard flap of the wings. The water was growing colder. Frost glistened on the tunnel walls. The moss was gray, dead, and gradually turning black. I could hardly see now. Black moss covered the walls and darkened the tunnel. The water was ice cold. I could feel my wings stiffening. Every flap grew more and more painful. Finally, I reached the bottom. It was nothing but deep black moss. I drew Gabriel. Cut through it, he said to my mind. I will guide your hand. In slow, long strokes, I started cutting away at the moss. I froze. For a split second, I swear I felt the mossy blanket beneath me move. But when I stopped, it stopped. My lungs started to ache for breath. I didn't have much more time. Gabriel's handle wings came alive and helped propel my strokes, cutting deeper and deeper into the soft black layer. Clink! At last, my blade struck true. There it was, nestled in the moss, a pitch black shadow stone. I sheathed my Zaxlin and scooped it up. As soon as I did, the whole mossy floor started to move in strange waves. I threw my hands out. Restore before! My voice gurgled. A strong current shot me upward. I swam as hard as I could with it. Glancing down, I could see shadows following me up. Splash! I burst through the surface and shouted, Look out! Em and Winnie jumped back just as the shadows surfaced. Splash, 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 splash. Shadow salamanders. Slimy, vile, amphibious creatures, like hideous black, slippery lizards, scurried along the forest floor, shooting their frog-like tongues up at me. A hot beam of light turned one to dust. Ash trailed up its outstretched tongue until it flaked away in the breeze. Winnie aimed her pixie glove at another salamander and fired. Poof! Another one burst to dust. Poof! And another! Em sprang into action, putting her sister blades to work. She practiced giving them equal strikes, cutting down one salamander with one blade, then spinning and cutting down another with its sister. Lou jumped into the fray, whacking shadow salamanders with her basket handle. Yuck! Whack! You guys! are disgusting! Whack, whack, whack! As I gazed down at the salamanders, the strangest sensation came over me. I didn't want to do them harm. I didn't want to fight or even fly away. If anything, I felt an irresistible urge to go to them, to give them the Shadow Stone and all the stones in my possession. I started to fly toward them, my expression numb. These weren't my enemies. These were my friends. Gabriel rattled at my side, trying desperately to get my attention, but I paid him no heed. Down I flew, closer and closer to the shadow salamanders. Once I was within range, a few of them lashed out with their tongues. 
The slimy black cords wrapped around me and pulled me down. I didn't mind. Sure, they were squeezing me a little too tightly, but they had to be sure. Sure that they had hold of me. They are doing their duty, I thought. They are my brothers. Together we will rule the realm. Suddenly there was another flash of light, and another, and another. The tongues wrapped around me turned to dust, as did my salamander friends below. I fell, and M caught me. Will, are you okay? I glared over at Winnie, who lowered her smoking glove. What did you do? I screamed. You killed them! Winnie stepped back. What are you... Of course I did! They were trying to kill you! You will pay for that! I gritted my teeth. A seething hatred boiled inside me. My vision darkened. My teeth chattered. I felt so cold and yet so hot. Fiery hot. Like I could burn the whole Daisy Kingdom with one touch. Like I could burn the entire enchanted forest with one single curse. Oh, I know how I wanted it to burn. Burn! Whack! Lou knocked me atop the head with a basket handle. What's wrong with you, ponytail boy? My sister just saved your life. I think the words you're looking for are thank you. I glared down at her. Mem quickly stepped between us. Her bright green eyes peered into mine. Will, she said, sick with worry. You look pale and sickly. You're losing color. Your skin, it's... It's turning gray. His eyes have darkened, I heard Winnie say. That miserable girl. That murderous, miserable girl. Will, Emerald shouted. The talk is consuming you. Push it back. My eyes rolled up. The air was freezing. Em's hands seized me. They felt like hot irons on my skin. I screamed. I could barely hear her muttering over my cries. Gradually, her touch no longer burned. It was warm and soothing. A tingling mist traveled from her hands, through my arms, and into my chest. It filled me like a warm drink. I opened my eyes and saw Emerald glowing with a radiant pixie. She was pushing the dark out of me. I could feel the dark, hateful thoughts growing quieter. Images of Emerald Creek in the spring took their place. Scenes of our family laughing in the garden. One last push of Pixie, and we both collapsed. When my vision finally cleared, M, Winnie, Lou, and countless Daisy Fairies stood over me. He's awake, Lou announced. Told you a good whack would do the trick. Winnie and M helped me to my feet. I looked around in a daze. How long was I out? Not long, Winnie said, again struggling to look me in the eye. I'm sorry about what I said, I told her. I wasn't... I know, she interrupted. That was close. I turned to M. Will, you looked dreadful. I thought you were going to... Before she could finish, I threw my arms around her. She squeezed me tight and we both cried. When we pulled back, I double-checked my skin to make sure it looked normal. Em wiped her tears. Did you get it? 
I patted the bag at my side. We've got it. I looked around at all of the shy little daisy fairies. And we're going to take it far, far away from here. To my surprise, the daisies erupted into a chorus of cheers. They scooped us up and carried us through their kingdom. We laughed as we rode the wave of white daisies. Lou kept the celebration going long after the rest of us were set down. She had the daisy fairies carry her around the Founder's Oak at least ten times while pretending to conduct their cheers with her basket handle. Even after the cheers had died off, the daisies didn't say a word. They didn't have to. Their gratitude was clear as pixie. I told them to stay hidden if anyone approached their kingdom, just to be safe, and advised them to stay clear of that shadow spring by the oak. The little daisies nodded their agreement and waved goodbye as we headed back to the Jolly Leafer. Once we were back on the ship, Winnie asked for us to drop her and Lou off at the Orchid Clan on our way to the Wisterian jungle. I agreed and set course for the shores nearest the praising prairies. While Winnie, M, and Lou ate supper in the captain's room, I stayed on deck and gazed out over the water. The sun was setting behind the Hagaroth Mountains in the distance, and Mother Moon was just peeking her head over the treetops of the enchanted forest. For a moment, I considered thanking her for the miracle that had just transpired. My mouth almost formed the words, but I shook off the thought. Instead, I thought about the feelings I'd had coming out of the shadow pool. Anger, fear, despair. It terrified me to think that for a second, I wanted all of this to go away. But I wanted this beautiful world to burn. I thought I was stronger than that. I thought I was different. That had the dark ever tried to consume me, I alone would be able to push it away. I was wrong. M had channeled through me. That was the only reason I was still standing here. Had she not, I surely would be flying off to join Tim and his army. I'd felt that pull, that desire to be by his side, to rule and power together, to make the entire realm ours. I would have handed over the stones willingly. The stones. I reached into my pack to make sure they were still there. They were, thank the light. My hand touched the newest one, a sharp, jagged gem that nearly pricked my finger at the touch. My mind was suddenly somewhere else. I saw a lake in the middle of the enchanted forest. Wildflower fairies, with their multi-colored wings and sparkling skin, were sitting in canoes. I could tell they had been in the middle of preparing for the Festival of Light. There were half-built wooden sculptures floating in the middle of the lake, with wildflowers growing out of them. I could see why they had stopped. They were surrounded by Tim and his army. Tim stood on a rock that jutted out over the water. His skin looked grey, his expression dark. His minions, mainly Hoddles, and an ever-growing legion of dark fairies, surrounded the lake with their spears and swords aimed out over the water. They waited for the Dark One's orders. The Lunar Queen approached. The wildflower shadow stone is yours, Dark One. She handed the inky stone to the toad. I have given you all the stones I had. The Daffodil King made off with his collection, 
but my contribution is significant nonetheless. The pixie knots are headed to the Orchid Kingdom, Timothy croaked. But where is that? The queen struggled to suppress her frustration. The praising prairies. The queen bowed. Thank you, my darkness. She retreated into the shadows. Tim's big, wet eye slowly gazed up at Mother Moon. His bottom lip trembled. Mother Moon? He whispered. His webbed hand inadvertently brushed against the handle of his sheathed shadow axlin. Don't you dare! hissed a voice in his mind. Now is not the time to entertain foolish superstitions. Those who look to the moon are weak. Are you weak? No, Timothy croaked pathetically. He lowered his gaze. No, you are not. You are the most powerful dark one to rule the realm. I am here for you when you need counsel. I am here when you need strength. I am all you need. You are all I need, Timothy whispered. Do it, the voice hissed. Timothy unsheathed the menacing black Zaxlin and placed the newest shadow stone into an empty groove next to the other stones in the blade. After a moment of hesitation, he dipped the sword in the water. A trail of black steamed and boiled toward the middle of the lake. There, a circle of swirling water formed. It grew wider and wider until it became an enormous whirlpool. The floating wildflower sculptures were swallowed up in it. Crying and shouting, the wildflower fairies tried to paddle away in their canoes, but ultimately, they too were pulled into it. In a flash, the vision was gone, and I was left grasping the deck railing, catching my breath. I slowly looked up at Mother Moon. Help him, I whispered. Help Tim. everybody hope you enjoyed that episode of winglings thank you mom roxanne webb for helping edit the story and jeremy from harmoniousideas.com for helping edit the audio and thank you all rocketeers who've been signing up for the rocketeer club and are getting a taste of some of those bonuses and uh, access to the ad-free back catalog i hope you're enjoying it we're working through the bugs but thank you for your patience we're, we're getting it there it's going to be great i promise tell your friends at school your family members 
and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts or send me an email. I love to get your feedback. I want to make this the best it can be. And I love interacting with you all. So please stay in touch. Until next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.